Welcome back, everybody, to another Eats Beat podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. And we are on location today. Where are we, Bud? We're at Little Lily Sushi. I just named one of the 10 top new restaurants in Texas for 2013. And we have with us today, you know, two of the guys who, number one, they're in magazines, they're on TV, and also they're on social media. And we have two of the guys who are as enthusiastic about food and restaurants and all the dining in, in DFW as we are. So you know, we're here with with Jesus Garcia of Little Lily Sushi and Gino Rojas of Revolver Taco Lounge. Tell us how you met each other and how you got how you got to talking to each other all the time. Uh, where we so, met, man? I Gino. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm Gino. Mom meets me. I'm here as. <laughs> Uh, when we met, uh, uh, I think we met here first time and I didn't talk to you, but I asked you many questions and you don't know and you don't remember. That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, other than that, where else? I went, I don't know. I, I went to your restaurant. Hi, this is Jesus Garcia, by the way, uh, from Little Lily Sushi, but I went to, I went to his restaurant. I think it was March of last year. And the only reason I went is because I had all my cook friends that used to go there late at night because he's open till about two in the morning on Friday and Saturday. So they would be like, Oh man, they have the best Mexican food. And I'm like, I'm going to go debunk what you're saying. It's like, he could not serve. It's like, I haven't had authentic Mexican food here in Texas. At least not like my mom and my dad and her, my family makes it. So I went there and tried it. I went in for lunch and later that night, the lady I was with at the time, she was with me that night again. And I think, from that point on, I went every Saturday after work here for like two or three months straight and I would take maybe a week off and then I go right back into it. So, I mean, it was great food. Uh, <clears throat> when you're making beans, rice and tortilla, just legitimate, like that is authentic. I, I love it. It's about simplicity and it's awesome and it's great. Well, I, we want to talk to both of you about your restaurants a little bit, but Gino, I mean, I know your family's from Michoacan. But you came through like Chicago and opened Revolver, and like you, you came in here. But you, you love all the other restaurants so much too. So. Right. Well, you know, I would consider myself a foodie before being a restaurant owner, or, you know, however you want to call it. Uh, restaurant was pretty much just creating around my mom. Uh, I really want my mom to cook her food, and because my mom, you cannot take my mom away of the kitchen. She's always in the kitchen, and when I brought her here to Texas. Uh, stupid me, I told my mom, you know, I don't want you to do anything, just relax. Uh, just relax, you know. You don't have to do anything. Well, one day in my dad's gun shop, because we have a gun shop, I saw my mom needling with a very sad face. And I'm like, no, I cannot do that to my mom. It's just no. So that's why we opened Revolver. So that was for my mom. Everything else, you know, the decoration, uh, some of the modern influences that you see on the on her cuisine, it's me uh, and my sister that it will help. My aunt makes the tortillas and, you know, and it's all family. So it's, everything was just for my mom, all this explosion that on the media and everything. Uh, I was really not expecting any of that. And we should explain just so in case you haven't been to Revolver, it, it's it's not a, a, a walk-up taqueria. It's, it, I wouldn't call it a, an upscale or a... Or a you know, hot cuisine taco lounge, but what would you call it? Just a um, temporary. I will, I, will, I will still call it a taqueria. Okay. I will still call it a taqueria uh, because uh, our main emphasis is just create a, a, a good tortilla with uh, uh, a good uh, piece of uh, skirt steak and onions and cilantro. 
uh, and my mom's cuisine, the moles, everything else. But it seemed we wanted to keep it simple, just nice, simple, decent tacos, something that I, it's so simple. It's very simple, but it's so hard to find a good taco. So, you know, it was just most more of that. But you have, you've, you've gotten recognition for things that nobody else has here, the chilies, the nogada, and the, the, yeah. the, the mm-hmm. I mean, I think you and, and Lanny up the hill both have a good sopa azteca, but I mean, it's like, I mean, a, a lot of the things that you do are things that only Lanny was doing or only a couple of other places were doing until you, until you came. You're doing such a, the depth of your menu. And then you two guys are, are mixing it up with, with like, you know, sushi and tacos together. So, hey, 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 Susan, I mean, talk about Little Lily and how you got started and then how you got to doing, like, dinners with a revolver. Well, I started here. I was actually at 560 out in Dallas uh, working with them. I was happy. I was working with a Japanese chef. Uh, a lot of a lot of respect for Chef Fuji. Uh, I was working with him. He was l- teaching me a lot of things. And then I really didn't want to leave. I'll be honest with you. I, the only thing I wanted to leave for is if I had the responsibility of running my own shop and and doing food the way I wanted to do it. I didn't want to go somewhere and just start. You know, there's nothing wrong with mayonnaise and cream cheese and sushi, but I just didn't want to do it. That's as a chef, I did not want to do that. That did not. That's not how I wanted to make my name. So I was happy just kind of learning from somebody. And then the chef here, Danny, or the owner here, Danny Liu, uh, I met him at Sushi Yoko, and I worked there for about a month, and I was like, this is not what I want to do. And uh, I, I moved on, but I did that a lot. I did that like 12 times and worked for like a month <laughs> and left. But from there, he gave me the opportunity, and he's like, hey, you're going to do uh, the menu the way you want to, and then we're going to give you free range. And I was like, I'm game. You know, it's I live right by TCU. It's just five minutes from my house. So I, I love Fort Worth. This is home. So that's, I really wanted to do this. So when I was doing what, what we do here, when we first started, you know, we had a lot of people, we had a lot of resistance. People didn't really want to do the, the no, you know, I had a lot of people, Oh, you have a side of spicy mayo. You have a roll with cream cheese. I'm like, no, that's not our focus. And I had a lot of people were like, Oh, all right, we'll just have a California roll. And then they would leave, you know, and then Star Telegram picked us up and, you know, you mentioned us in a, in a little expert on Eats Beat and all of a sudden we just started building from there and it just hasn't stopped. Uh, to me, I'm just cooking and doing what I want to do, what I feel is, you know, my representation of Japanese cuisine, which is odd because I'm Hispanic, but, you know, what I feel Japanese cuisine is. But then from there, people would just love it and I'm, and I'm shocked. I really am. I, I didn't think Fort Worth had this, uh, this would happen, you know, in Fort Worth as quickly as it did. Uh, the fact that we were named top 10 best new restaurants in Texas, that was, that was incredible. I knew I was going to be in that issue when they did the follow up questions. I did not know we were going to be the, the article they were going to write, uh, do the art, uh, this was going to be written. But then from there, you know, I, I was just very fortunate to be in that situation. And then I think it's right timing uh, as well as anything, you know, Fort Worth is going through the boom of restaurants and we have, you know, FMB, Clay Pigeon, Bird Cafe, all those guys coming in. That's what's remarkable. You were named one of the 10 best new restaurants in Texas yes. in a year when there were a lot of new restaurants here in Fort Worth. You were the, you were picked as one of the 10. Absolutely. I mean, I thought, I thought, I think Syrah is a great restaurant. You know, they, they're doing awesome food. Yeah. We were just there eating paella. paella. It was delicious. <laughs> Shout out to the chef, man. You were doing a great job over there. Paella was delicious. For those who don't know, you guys need to follow these two guys on Twitter because they're eating all over town and giving us some good suggestions, right? Right. No. And I mean, like I said, you know, Clay Pigeons, another great addition to our restaurant just opened a few months ago. And then we had that, I didn't know there was 25 new restaurants. Fort Worth Magazine put that out and I was like, man, that was a lot of restaurants. 
restaurants in one year, you know, from Bearded Lady, Magnolia, everything that's going on there. You know, that's that's been a year. I, that, I remember when that was abandoned. I went to Trimble Tech High School. That whole street was abandoned. But, uh, no, from there this weekend, actually this Sunday, March 2nd, what we're doing, me and him together, we're doing a pop-up, basically uh, the idea of mixing the two cultures. We're each going to have two dishes that are individual, you know, a sashimi plate, and then he's going to swing in and do some ceviches and some tostada. And then the last two dishes are going to be uh, kind of like a fusion. We're going to do almost like a tartare with a uni crema. And then on the end, we're going to do the Japanese charcoal with uh, – I'm going to do a – of chicken force meat with chicken skin on the outside with a raspberry teriyaki sauce and a miso black cod and he's going to be doing some arrachera cubitos uh, uh, over the grill with a little sauce and then uh, snapper sarandeado uh, as well. Gino, this is the kind of something we would see if we were in in Beverly Hills or, or in uh, or in Malibu or something as a fusion between we would see like a Acapulco Asian restaurant, but this uh, but not here. I, you know, do, do tacos and sushi fit together? Do you think everything uh, fits? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily uh, you know just the, the, the fusion because uh, uh, we are actually. That's my phone. Sorry, but can you turn that? We're, we are on location, folks. Floor. Throw it against the floor like rock star style. <laughs> There you go. She just did it. It's it, it was your banker. Nice. Well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not a... Uh, see, the calling just uh, sushi and tacos will be just like the tip of the iceberg. Uh, because, uh, you know, my friend right here, yeah, he respects uh, Japanese cuisine. He understands it. He embraces it. He loves it. And I do the same thing with my cuisine, Mexican cuisine. And uh, we're going to be focusing... And something that we really love, and that's fish. Uh, we in Mexico, we you know we love our fish, especially Michoacan. Uh, we're fish people, Michoacan. Uh, we enjoy our fish, fried, however you call it. Uh, but in this uh, this special dinner, we're gonna be focusing and getting the best quality fish, and just add a little bit to it, which is our taste or take me on the, on the Mexican and him on the Japanese. But it will be always respecting the ingredients and the fish. Everything else is us. But the main focus will be the fish. Now, for people who don't, Cowtown, this is Cowtown. It's supposed to be steak, maybe Tex-Mex. You guys are really sort of changing things up with the seafood, and so are pl- places like Waters and, and, and Eddie V's. And are we becoming a seafood town? Uh I still, I don't think you can still take away meat from, from this town. I, I mean, I, one of my, my things I, I was showed Bud Kennedy when he first came in here is that Miyazaki beef, which is phenomenal meat. I think that, that, that could put some of the cows at the stock show to shame too, because it has a lot of fat in there. But, you know, I think we can definitely make it to where it's not just steak and potatoes. I think we are beyond that point where we're just, we just want chicken fried steak and, you know, just enchiladas and just, you know, real simple. That I mean, that's great. We still do, I think, a better job than, you know, our partners out in Dallas. I think we still do better steak here. Uh, you know, when you got Del Frisco's and Capitol Grill and, you know, you have some of the more, the, the different restaurants, Riata doing it. That's, that's great. You know, that we need those people still here because we, this is still Cowtown, you know, Tim loves Lonesome Dub and everything, but we are getting to the point where now we need to start presenting new focus. We need to start moving. I think, I feel like we need to start moving away and, and starting a, our own trend. And that's what I love about the, you know, we have the food and wine festival here in Fort Worth and Russell has done a great job of trying to get Fort Worth local restaurants. A lot of these food and wine festivals, they try to get all the celebrity chefs to come in and it's like, Oh, we have Emeril Lagazi. And then these guys, you know, it's like, no, he's focusing on, we are the, the stars of the city and you don't come to Fort Worth and try just, you know, barbecue and stuff. Now we have 
seafood and authentic Mexican food and, and hopefully, you know, what people are starting to feel with us in Shinjuku Station uh, as authentic Japanese cuisine or at least our take on it as well. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's it's definitely fun having to be in Fort Worth. Now, Jesus, do people do a little bit of a double take when you said, uh, you know, your, your background is, is in Mexican food, but you're cooking sushi. You're, you're making sushi. Yeah. I think that's the best part that I'm not cooking it. <laughs> needs to keep me away from the stove. No, but I'm, uh, yeah, a lot of people are shocked that when they see me back there, you know, and I'm taller than everybody else that works here, which is, which is also funny. But, uh, but yeah, they look at me and they, but then they realize the passion that I have because people ask me about it. It's like, Oh, what are the jars or where's this fish from? And I know exactly where it's from. And I know exactly the style of sushi that I'm doing. You know, I do Edomile style, which is Tokyo style sushi when I garnish you know a lot of people here they're just uh, I don't want to or you know some of the sushi chefs that are around is a lot of the head chefs and the owners uh, they've been through that background but a lot of their chefs that they train they don't actually know what they're doing they don't understand that they're you know when they're placing the rice you know it has to be a certain way or that it has to be body temp they just they're just making it to make it and I'm I'm beyond you know I, I, I actually studied it and I wanted to find out where it came from and I found out its roots and then I, I presented from there that, that has to be a lot with uh, you understanding the culture of, you know, of the food, uh, because, you know, you can come and, 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 and say, you know, I'm a very good chef. I, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. I'm making, you know, I'm mixing up something and I'm making a burger taco. You know, you can, you can do that and, you know, and people will like it, but really is that being creative? You need to really get into the culture, understand it. And then you can become creative. And that's something this guy is doing with Japanese food. He understands the culture. He understands the flavor. And then he creates, always respecting the mother flavors of that dish. And that's the key. To me, personally, that's the key to making good food. And you can do it with everything. Uh, you can do it with everything. I mean, Rick Bayless did it with Mexican. He went to Mexico, understand the flavors, understand the technique, brought it back to the States to a different clientele. And look at it. There was, there was a tipping point before Rick Bayless and after Rick Bayless, mm-hmm. you know, and this is, that's exactly what this guy is doing here. Well, and, you know, at Revolver, you guys had the experience of recently, you're, you're going to be featured on uh, Bizarre Foods, which is a, a travel channel, Andrew Zimmer. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, what that was, was that, that like? Was, that was a trip, man. That was a trip. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, they contact me, I said, probably five, six months before the whole thing happened. And I, they screened me with like seven or eight people. Every single people was different questions. Where do you get the food? Where do you get this? Where do you get that? <laughs> they were just screened. They sent scouts to your place with all that people that think, how do you get, you know, to, to people to go there? They screened, screened you. They know they did a lot of research. They, they talked to foodies. They talked to bloggers before even. Uh, told you or give you a call. Uh, we didn't do any of that before this podcast, by the way. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but you know what? What I'm going. It's. Uh, it was great. It's. You know. Uh, it was just great when when uh, Andrew showed up. Just we have a great conversation, like any other person. Uh, you know, some of uh, his staff around him sometimes they want to make him seem like he's such a footy diva. But once you meet him, he's such a nice guy. You know, he's very good friends with Tim Love, so he knows forward, you know. Uh, he knows the food of forward because he's very good friends with, with uh, Tim. And Tim, you know, he, there's no restaurant that opens that he doesn't know about it. Right. So he knew. He knew. Uh, 
they came by, they were supposed to be shooting for about three, four hours. We ended up shooting for nine or some hours. Uh, it was just great. It, you know, they have a, this super tall guy that came in and, and transformed my kitchen in a movie, in a TV studio. <laughs> and I like, put all the slides right away. It was great. I turned around and I never seen my mom so shiny in my life. She was just <laughs> shiny in that kitchen, so many lights and, and it was just great. It was so nice. You know, I didn't, I, I'm more nervous here with you guys than when I was with him. <laughs> what did you cook for the show? Uh, we make, uh, the birria, the traditional Michoacan style birria. Um, which is goat for listeners. It's the goat, is, is the small goat, not the, not, is the baby goat, but it's not the cabrito. Uh, cabrito, it's normally traditionally, it's, uh, the baby goat that is still, uh, eating from the mother. Uh, once he passes grass, it becomes, uh, small chivo, chivito. Uh, that's the one we try to always have. Um, he fell in love with it. He said it was, uh, the best birria that he ever had. And you know, this guy eat around. You know, he ate around. So that to me was, you know, it was, I, I couldn't talk after that. And uh, then they sit down, turn off the cameras and everything, and I bring some uh, chili nojada, and I brought some mole, some tacos, and I was taking care of a client at the bar, and all of a sudden I just uh, hear this, and I saw Andrew Simmer standing up in the middle of the dining room, clapping to my mom. Oh, that's great. And he was like, that was magnificent. That was outstanding. I couldn't take it, man. <laughs> I, I went to the bathroom for five minutes and cried for a little bit. Oh, that's great. Because, you know, it was it was not only my mom's food, but it was the culture of my Michoacan uh-huh. that it was like in it. Because, you know, I, anybody from Michoacan can do it. Everybody can do it. So it was not being applauding uh, only my mom's food, but it was the culture. And I couldn't believe I could bring that from my small hometown in Michoacan to forward, and this happened. That was just... That's it. If I go bankrupt next day, that's it, man. I'm happy. <laughs> and so that's going to air in April, right? In so April, we'll yes. check DFW.com. We'll get, we'll make sure and tell you when it's going to air. Um, but more questions for these guys. Oh, they're great. Go ahead, Rick. Well, I was thinking, you know, the pressure is on now. Not to put the pressure on you, but, you know, you're on TV. You're being named one of the top ten restaurants, uh, new restaurants. It, what do you do now for an encore? Is, See, is that's, it, that's uh, the thing. That's the thing. We're doing it just because the love of the food. We don't want to be uh, – we're not pretentious to, to feed on something. Uh, we just do what we want and we do what we think is right. And uh, people like it, so we don't feel pressure. We're just doing the same, you know, we're doing the same as we open. You know, it's, I don't feel any pressure, man. I don't know about you, but hey, I, Zeus, you the pressure is all on you. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, you know, and, and he, he touches a good point there. I mean, we don't do this with the intention, you know, like I said, I was, I said earlier, I was shocked I'm when. I'm working for this. I'm working. For, I want this. I want people to look at me. Jump, 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 jump. You yeah. know, we're not doing any of that. So. Uh, to me, there's no pressure, and I'm sure he doesn't have any pressure. You know, no, it, it definitely it feels it feels great when people recognize what you're doing, but you're not doing it because you want to garner, you know, four stars or you want right. to be the top ten best. But you just want to do what you consider to be the best, and we take pride in what we're doing. I don't want my name attached to anything that's less than the best that I can put out. At least, you know, here in Fort Worth, I'm sure if I was maybe in California, my fish would 
maybe be still blinking when you eat it, you know, <laughs> but it's not California. It is Fort Worth. We do the best with what we can. And I serve it, you know, at its peak of its, which sometimes people think, you know, oh, you caught it yesterday. You serve it today. It's like, no, sometimes a lot of the, the, what sushi is actually controlled aging. You have to serve it when it's right. You don't kill a cow and serve it right away. You right. age it, right. you wet age it, you dry age it. Same thing with, with seafood. You're just not aging it quite as long. Uh, but no, I mean, now it's moving on. Now we're, now that we're in the spotlight, I feel that we're now in a position to introduce new things like with this Miyazaki now that we've had the actually right after the Fort Worth Magazine's 25 best new restaurants I I brought in the Miyazaki because I knew we were going to get a, a lot of people now that I have it I'm, I want to put it on my menu full time because I want people to experience that that beef and I want I'll have you know the uni sea urchin coming in every week where I'm going through I'm selling out before Saturday night begins so I'm having to order more you know which is great because they're an invasive species so let's get rid of you know let's let's control them so yeah we can eat them we can eat a lot of them so but yeah and and that's great I, I feel that pressure in the sense that I want to make sure that when this restaurant was slow people were loving it now that it's busy i now have to make sure that we the people still feel that same because the people come here because it's small uh the worst thing than anything is when we get really full uh sometimes i even to this even like last past weekend you know i felt kind of upset because i'm like man it's like i i think maybe some people left here not getting the same feeling that they would have gotten had they come on wednesday i guess night. i guess that feel that pre- i mean I, I see you what you're talking about about press yeah Make sure you 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 serve what you want to serve to the people when you're busy, and tell me about it, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know I only have my aunt making the tortillas per order, yeah. so it's hard for people to understand. Like you know, why is my Mexican food taking so long? Right. I'm sorry, but you know we I don't run Revolver as a restaurant. I run it as a home kitchen. Uh, there is ladies cooking there, man. It's, it's it's you know it's it's not like I do any prep work. We don't do, I mean, of course, with some like moles and birria, you have to cook it with the bands, you know, but uh, other stuff, you know, like uh, making your taco, your taco, is, it's made per order. We don't even warm up the tortillas. My aunt make the tortillas per order. The steak gets grilled per order and gets served per order. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to, for some people to understand that, but slowly, we're slowly getting a clientele that understands that and it's, it's great. It's great, and I guess that's the pressure. Sometimes when we get busy, I wanted to to do the same, but it's hard to manage a large volume and still keep a good attention. That's the I think that's the key. If you grow into a bigger restaurant, you really need people to help you to maintain and and, and they do everything the same as you do, and that's that's very hard. That's very 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 hard. I just want to be sure in case someone's podcast just. You know, recaptured the signal or whatever. That was Gina Rojas from Revolver Taco and we're with Hisu Garcia from Little Lily Sushi here. And, uh, you know, one more thing I want you both to talk about is social media because unlike everyone else who gets on social media just to tell us what their pizza special is that day or to promote their own food, both of you love food and you talk about other people's restaurants. And, and it's not really about just marketing, is it? It's really about talking about the business. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because it's not just... We're not going to put Fort Worth on the map, you know. Uh, I think Tim Love and Riata back in the day. I think they they really were the first ones to really get us. Uh, Joe T. Garcia, I would forget about them. They put us on the map, but we're just here to continue adding to it because it is a culture, and we're going to continue to grow it. I, I just was at Bird Cafe, and I think I tweeted that picture this morning that I was sitting on that plaza yesterday, you know. And uh, it, it's about supporting one another. Uh, and that's the thing that I always felt a good vibe when I lived in Austin was 
was it was about keeping Austin weird, you know, here in Fort Worth. I like, keep Fort Worth funky, and I got that little mustache going. And I, I'd love to see that more, and I'd love to see people accept that more. And uh, we still get a lot, you know, a lot of my friends still go to chain restaurants, and I tell them, I was like, no, don't go to don't go to Whataburger or Burger King. Go to Rodeo Goat and go to uh, go to this pastry shop, have a burger there. It's like support us because it's going to take a lot more than just you know just five or six people going to these places every day to keep them in business you know that's why i'm i feel kind of sad when you know places close they were local businesses and they close and i'm like man that's that's a shame because they were doing such great product i don't want to see them i don't want to see them close uh i don't want to see anybody close but i'd rather see an olive garden close before we see aventino shutter the door and then have to move down the street you know back in the days like i don't know exactly what happened there but they you know when i first started coming here to to texas and especially here to forward I was looking for very good French food. Uh, of course, uh, San Emilion pop up. And this other lady that I don't remember, I'm sorry, but I'm my, my, my brain is sorry. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was lady making, uh, uh, it was a restaurant, uh, on, a, it was in a strip mall. She, she closes and I think she oh, still does catering. Louise, no? Yes, Bistro no, Louise. My God, man, I, I, you know, the duck I ate with that lady that day was, uh, you know, I could eat it in New York, Paris, uh, France, anywhere. People and, still, you know, people it, still pine for bistro, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and then he closed. I was like, wow, why did this place close in forward? Why? It was their food with their, you know, I really enjoy it. Uh, then I get into the business and I noticed that, you know, that people of forward needs to be more informed. In this case, we do it the way we can with the tweeting and the Facebook. Because, we, you know, that's the way you can, we as the owners, and this guy as a chef, uh, talk to everybody at once and talk to them right. <laughs> Just tell them straight up. What do you think? How it is? How do you eat it? How this? How do that? There's going to be a lot of people that's going to understand it, but there's going to be a lot of people that's going to hate you. But that's going to happen anyways. Right. Just, Just be you and explain to people and tell them how it is. And a lot of people here in Forward, you know, they really enjoy it and follows up and, and they, we talk and have a conversation about all the restaurants and it's all good. Well, in that vein, any places that you think are sort of maybe underrated, but maybe some places that are overrated, you guys go out and try a lot of play. Now that put, I'm going to put you on the spot here and see what you say. No. <laughs> I think maybe Gino is going to come up with one before Jesus, but uh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, I mean, we're in the same boat. Where it's easy for you know for us to to say that um, you know Olive Garden's no good, or you know, but occasionally we're in the position of you know. I like the breadsticks. Hey, you like the breadsticks like at Olive Garden? <laughs> Sometimes I go there. And I just you know I order something. Get the and salad I just eat and the, the breadsticks. Bread. Right? Yeah, <laughs> see the breadsticks. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I, I hate to start off on a on a sour note. And, uh, I think he touched on it a little bit. Uh, and it's not just because they are a Dallas import, but and not just because they hit my car when I was in the parking lot there. Uh, but Velvet Taco, I, I really don't. <laughs> they hit I didn't your care car? For them. Yeah, they hit my car there. Uh, they backed up into it. They tried to help me to find the guy, but they couldn't get the plates. Oh, but, man. Uh, but, you know, I didn't really like it. And that's, you know, they make their tortillas there and they do everything in house. And I mean, I hate to throw them, you know, you told me to do it. So no, I'm no, do you're it. fine. <laughs> you know, and that, that's where you feel is like, you know, there's a difference between a tortillera making a tortilla and there's a difference between 
somebody that's just like, this is your job. You get to press it and make it. You know, she, when she's making it, uh, his, his aunt, she can feel the textures off and you, I've seen her once or twice pick up a tortilla off of there and, and, and talk, and then she kind of reworks her masa again. So that's not something that even I could probably do. I could probably be, oh, I measured the ingredients like the recipe said and I made it like it was on the recipe, but you actually need to feel it. Uh, like with our rice, you know, sometimes I make the rice and I feel the texture of my rice. I'm like, man, that's, that's off, you know, so I need to, I need to mix it with a little more vinegar. I need to cool it down a little or warm it up just a touch. So it's these little nuances about our cuisine that it doesn't, it can't go, you can't miss a step on that. And, uh, that's what we're trying to focus on. The same token, you know, what was the name of that other Mexican little place that you told me that have very good beans? El burrito. Oh, happy burrito. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't wanted to go there because, you know, I told you I'm a foodie for being a restaurant yeah. owner, so I, I really love Mexican food. And this guy told me that place is good. I really want to go. What yeah, is that? It's down on Hemphill right before north of Seminary. Uh, they do really good food, man. I've, I've been there at least six or seven times, and I found it about three months ago. Uh, they do great their their meats are great. I think they they promote that they do carne asada really good. I didn't really find that that interesting, but man, their chicharrón con salsa, their deshebrada, all that stuff was just delicious, man. And I was like, their tortillas they should use. They they do the package stuff, but when you're selling them for a dollar, I mean, I don't expect you to make it there. But man, those were that was good meat and good good texture. There, there's so many choices now for the for the restaurant lover that you know it is hard to decide. And when you decide, oh well, tonight I want to have sushi, you know, and and but you then know. you start picking, you know, what do you like? Right. Like, uh, my friends from, uh, uh, the, the, the pepper grill, uh, uh you know, the truck truck, mm-hmm. uh, they make the best tripas. I go there after, you know, we close everything and I go eat tacos there at the end. Because I, and which really which truck? I'm sorry. Uh, is that out of 10 sellers? Yes. Uh, oh, uh-huh. the, the pepper grill. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the full name, the pepper grill, right? Uh, it's great. They, I mean, I go there to either the tripas because I, there is the only place that I can have a good size tripa that is not, doesn't taste funky or it doesn't have a weird texture. It's just nice and soft with the fat and just enough fat there. And they make a very good bread salsa that actually, they actually sell it for you to take in a can. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's delicious. See, guys are getting uh, really good tips here, right? This, this is a podcast that delivers. Right. Yeah, get prepared, Happy Burrito and Pepper Grill. (laughs) 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 Got to get a lot more drunk people coming this weekend. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You can have ramen at at Little Uh, Lily. Right, yeah. We're doing uh, our ramen is like we do a pork bone ramen. A special Mardi Gras ramen? Is that what this Uh, is? No. it's uh, Actually, this week I'm doing a miso one. I actually ran out in one hour last weekend when I I ran it. I was shocked. And then I ran out of ramen by Saturday. I saved the last two pieces for our silent editor here. Silent uh, Steve yeah, is the producer Steve. this week. <laughs> yeah, so I saved it for him. Uh, and I do a tonkotsu style, but it's very much my own. It's a Kyushu style. They take the pork bones and they cook them for about 60 hours. I don't have neither the space nor the luxury to be able to cook it that long. So I cook it for about 24, use my French background and do a basically a gloss or demi-gloss where you reduce the stock to fortify it. And then from there, I add in a roasted uh, skipjack tuna broth to it and I and I body it up. So it's actually a mix of Kyushu tonkotsu, 80% and then 20% Tokyo style uh, double soup kind of goes into it. So it's, you know, it's very much my own. I don't want to be, I don't think I can go head to head with ramen tatsuya down in Austin for best ramen, you know, but, uh, definitely here in the area, I think I can, it can hold its own on itself. You know, we're not the only ones doing it. And you know, and it doesn't just concentrate and, and, and like making it taste like something. 
that it's people want to be familiar with. No, he does the egg. He does everything. He put the fat and the pork belly. You know, he does everything. Yeah, I, t- so I told you, people, if you really yeah. love ramen, this guy is making the best ramen in Dallas forward. Uh, I told people, it's like, it, you got to like pork. Before you get this, it's like, make sure you like pork because it is in your face. It's it's, it's pork, you know, right. and it's, uh, you know, uh, also Kevin Martinez actually in that. Uh, he's the head chef at Tokyo Cafe. He got named best, best ramen for his Hokkaido style ramen in that Texas Monthly magazine, too. So he's also doing one with like a soft shell crab and he also does one with kimchi, which I'm, I'm dying to go down there and try. Uh, I'm working with him. I want to see if I can do a pop up with him, but he's, he's always so busy. But Ooh. yeah, he's, he's a great Is that show. A hint? <laughs> yeah, I want to do a pop up with you. So, <laughs> so, so a guy from Michoacan just told us where to find the best ramen in Texas. That's, that's the thing about Fort Worth's food scene. It's evolving to the point now that you don't know what to expect, right? Yeah. And there's not too many people doing it. That's, that's the thing. You know, it's us, uh, Tokyo Cafe. There's sister restaurant Shinjuku they they just put one on their lunch menu I believe and you know Taeyeon in Dallas and then uh, that's the and going back to that overrated one I don't think Tanoshi does a great ramen so it's it, we're and it's learning you know it, it's growing and uh, I think still to this day the best one I've had here in Texas at least is down in Austin uh, and you know not everybody's willing to take a two I, I would drive two and a half hours eat four bowls and just fall asleep on my way back but you know it's it's that good and I want to I want to find more uh, the noodles are actually coming out of Sun Noodles in Rancho Dominguez, California. Uh, they actually do noodles for Ipudo and uh, Momofuku. Everybody's probably heard of Momofuku. And they're alkaline noodles, and they put something called kansui in different uh, levels because the noodle that I use for my tonkotsu is a straight white noodle, and I'm just about to break into a curly, uh, heavy alkaline noodle. It's a little more bouncy and chewy. And a lot of people don't understand that that's one of the keys of, you know, it's the broth, and then it's also the noodle. The noodle can't just, you can't just grab a pasta dish or an instant frozen, you know, those freeze-frozen, uh, freeze-dried uh, noodles that come in the package. You can't, those, those aren't, you know, the authentic stuff. It's an actual alkaline noodle and it, it's bouncy, it's chewy, and you gotta appreciate that flavor and you gotta slurp it quick, uh, which is something that, a. uh, uh a ramen place in New York that I was listening to one of their interviews. They were talking about how Americans, we eat food differently in general, but definitely ramen. You know, and ramen is like everybody shuts up and, and slurps noodles. You know, you don't talk here. People want to enjoy and they want to take pictures for Instagram. I want to take pictures for Instagram <laughs> and I want to sit there and enjoy this food because to me it's different. While to them it's like, you know, they slurp and go kind of like sushi. They scarf it down and, and they're in and out in 10 minutes. You know, we don't do that here because we, I think that that's great that we want to sit down and enjoy our meal and enjoy what now, we're Now that he say that, that was- uh, this place in Chicago that I opened it was called the Slurping Turtle. Yes. And now I get it. Takashi. <laughs> now I get it. Why the name was Slurping Turtle. You know, you're going to take your time, you're going to slurp it, have a good time, and sip it and enjoy, you know, that delicious broth full of fat. So great. Nice. How do you like that? Very good, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, the the food scene here in Fort Worth, at least I've been here 13 years, has evolved a great deal. Um, and a lot of it has to do with restaurants like your guys' restaurants. And so thank you for that, for sort of educating us on, on new different ways to look at, at food that we thought we knew. Oh, um, thank you guys. No, we're just, we're just cooks trying to, trying to hold our own in this town. And it's, and that's great. We've, we've gotten some, some great accolades from it. I still don't feel 
it, it's kind of like I guess when they ask firefighters, do you feel like a hero? Is like no. It's like do you feel like you're doing food that better than everybody else? Like no, we're just doing it different. We're doing our own style. I think that's where it comes down to in great food cities. It's if you're in the mood for sushi, you have five different options. They're all great. It's just what what are you in the mood for that night? And we want to get to that point where we are within that 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 range of restaurants that people are like, man, it's like I feel like sushi was like where I do go. Do I go to Little Lily or do I go to Shinjuku tonight? It's like well, I feel like a little more kitchen food. All right, let's go to Shinjuku or no. I feel like a little more, uh, we do a little heavier on the rolls and they do is like, no, I feel like eating some, some of our rolls. Like, let's go to little Lily. And I, I want to have that, that get to that point where people are like, you know, kind of like him, when you get to Lanny's, it's like, do you want a little more Mediterranean take with right. Mexican? You're going to do one authentic 100% Mexican food, you know, and they're both great they're both interpretations. Great. I, love yeah. I, love, yeah. I never have anything wrong in Lanny's. Everything that I order there, it's great. Well, I mean, Lanny's great grandmother was was your yeah, and that's grandmother. What you told me that I was yeah, oblivious about that. Lanny's family from small towns in Michoacan. I was going to say, you know, the last last family that came here from Michoacan opened a restaurant. It was eighty years ago, and now it seats two thousand people over there at Jotis. You know, so <laughs> you might you might have you know some success on your hands. Your daughter, your daughter is going to be sending people on the patio oh, and serving them pictures of margaritas. That revolver wow. does not seat two thousand people. I hope and I don't keep get in mind that, they, that they, side of a monster, but it's. Yeah, I, I don't. I hope, but you know, I hope I just uh, can you know continue to do this. You know, the way we'll do. It. I don't know how long it's gonna last, but I'm enjoying it, and I hope everybody that goes to Revolver enjoys it because uh, I don't know if I ever will be able to reproduce it. Maybe not. Uh, it'll be very hard for me to find another Juanita, another Teatere. You know, ridiculous. It'll be impossible. So once this it comes to an end, that's it. I probably can create something else with the same flavor and same everything, but never more Juanita. Well, both of these places are really originals, and that's hard to find nowadays. And we really appreciate you guys taking so much time talking with us. Bud, you've been here longer than I have. You you haven't seen places like this uh, come along. So, and the enthusiasm for the industry. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, Jesus. Gino, thank you guys. We look thank forward you. to the to more pop up dinners. Uh yeah, it'll be, it'll be more, a little more. It'll be more. Yes, just stay tuned. Uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, both of us, and there'll be a lot more surprises coming. Uh, yes, definitely. 